Damn. Blog Talk Radio. for me, Joe. What's going on? Normally you tell me, uh, you know, seated in his lazy boy or his lazy Susan or his lazy uh, lickety splickety flickety flippity gibbet chair. I don't know, Joe. What's going on, sir? Uh, I'm glad you're paying attention that tonight I decided to just introduce you like the normal way. Yeah. Or sometimes you'll say, you know, seated at a 45 degree angle or seated at 180 degrees from the center of the sun. I was actually going to say, seated right by the mic'd up co-host of the show. Yeah, that didn't happen. So, JB, how are you doing, sir? Now that you're a celebrity, now that the whole world knows your name, and of course, we'll get into that later, sir. I'm doing good. How was your weekend, sir? My weekend was fabulous, but nothing compared to yesterday, Monday, the first day of the week. Normally, Monday's a crappy day, but in the pure gold world, it was fabulous, sir. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm sure we'll get to that, like you said. Uh, but what did you actually do for Mother's Day, sir? Well, I hugged my mother, because after all, she is my mother. And uh, right. took my mom out to eat, because of course she's my mother. Uh, right. We went to church, because of course moms go to church. And right. uh, what else? Uh, you know, just uh, had fun. Then I went to go visit my wife's family. I saw my mother-in-law and gave her a hug because, after all, she is my wife's mother. So it was fun. We had a nice time. Uh, it was a long day, very, very long. But aside from that, it was wonderful. What about you, sir? Well, I just have a couple questions for you, too, first. So calm down there, DG. I just oh, want please. to also ask. Yeah, I want to ask, now that, like, you know, your uh, wife will soon to be a mother of your child, is it starting to sink in more and more that you are going to be a parent and going to be responsible for a little child? Oh, uh, is that all? Is that all? Well, honestly, I think that's sir, a lot. <laughs> honestly, sir, I, I, I mean, it sunk in. It's sinking in. Uh, we were actually watching a show about babies before, and I always spend a lot of her time doing that. So I don't think it really is going to sink in until... You know, the baby's about to be born, and wife's going into labor, and she's, you know, screaming and cursing at me and, you know, swearing up and down how I ruined her life, uh, you know, in the delivery room. But aside from that, I honestly don't think it's really going to sink in until, uh, you know, until that moment, because for as much as you prepare yourself to say, wow, I'm going to be a dad, I'm going to be a dad, or, you know, if you're going to be a mom, it just... It's just not real, I don't think. I don't think you can possibly prepare yourself until that moment actually happens. It's something that I truly don't fully feel that anybody's prepared for. And when it happens, I mean, all I can say is that it'll be a great moment. It'll be a great time. But you know what? I've been waiting long enough. I've been waiting. I can't wait for her to pop this sucker out. And I honestly can't wait to say these words. Shut up, shut up! I honestly can't wait until that moment comes, and he comes out, and we're ready to rock and roll, and we have a third co-host on the Pure Gold team, sir. We can only hope that he comes out with his hands across with the DX sign telling you to suck it because he is not related to you. <laughs> Never! <laughs> you know, I, I, had a good, I had a good Mother's Day weekend myself. I, um, we went to church, too to start the Sunday, and then went over, actually, my sister-in-law's house, and, you know, I got my wife a, um, 
don't know if you heard of Massage Envy. I got her gift certificate for Massage Envy. Yeah, I actually got my wife. Uh, I think I got her that for her birthday or something. I, I don't know. Maybe Christmas, something like yep. that. I remember. So I did that in the the traditional like I usually get roses on Mother's Day. So um, the weather was nice, the day was nice, and uh, you know, happy Mother's Day to all the mothers again. And hope you hugged your mother because after all, she is your mother. Of course, because that's what else would she be? Exactly. So DG, why don't we give out some contact info? And the poll question of the week, because I see a lot of people have voted on this one. <laughs> oh, of course. You know, sir, that a lot of people have voted. The number is always to call in to talk to us, to talk to Mike Francis, or to talk to anybody. 714-364-4721. Once again, 714-364-4721. And for the first time in about two months, I actually had to look up the number and see what it is. It's just not coming to me right now. We have all this other stuff going on, this other exciting news. And, folks, by the way, today is our fifth month anniversary, so happy fifth month to us, five months of this show, to the day, to the hour, to the minute, where PG started, so we're excited about that. And, of course, our website, as always, puregoldpg.com. You can check out our poll question. You know, I mean, who really gives a crap about this poll question? Apparently, not you fans out there. Um, We actually don't have a poll question up for this week. We'll get to it, of course, I'm sure at some point. Our question was, why did Christian get screwed by the WWE? The answers were, Vince hates the fans. Vince wanted to screw Christian because he's a former TNA champ. Randy Orton convinced Vince to give him the title. Who cares? I'm going to stop watching the WWE and all the above. And the answers were, of course, number one <laughs> was all the above. And really, I mean, who gives a crap about anything else? That is the only mention of wrestling you'll hear on this show today, folks. JB, let's move on before, you know what, let's move on before we get into a little bit of this, sir. You make us yes, all sir. sick. <laughs> You're right, Russo, you make us all sick. <laughs> so, I mean, this uh, this show is really, uh, tonight's show is really a um, just a lot of different things, just to talk about sports over the weekend, what happened last night, and uh, I think it's just appropriate, since I am a Boston Celtic fan, let's get right into the NBA playoffs talk about games three and four between the Miami Heat and the Boston Celtics. The uh, DG, the series, did travel back to Boston for game three on Saturday night, and Boston did not disappoint, let me tell you. They came out like I thought they would. They came out playing great defense, great team defense. Um, They had a lot of scoring early on. They gave up an 11-point lead, and they were losing by two at at halftime, but the Celtics really took the game in control in the third quarter, DG, and then by the fourth quarter, it was just like uh, one of those, like, you know, all right, we got to make sure we win game four. So did you catch any of the game on Saturday night, DG, at all? <laughs> I think you already know the answer to this question, sir. That would be a big, fat... No? Hell no! <laughs> I actually, you know what? I lied. I did catch a little bit of it. Um, and yeah. This is great, folks. This is the only sports show in the world where you can see one of the hosts hardly ever watches sports. <laughs> And still find a way to comment on it. I actually was watching Thor on Saturday night, and we'll get into that Thursday with our movie review segment, and of course, Smallville View. But um, when my wife and I went to the dining theater, our favorite place, I think our child will be born in the dining theater. We're, we're just not sure yet. We're trying to see if we can get a nurse on call, to, other than my wife, a nurse on call yeah. to help us give birth, maybe a midwife. But right. um, while we were waiting online for the first time, because uh, for whatever reason it was crazy busy on Saturday, who would ever think that Saturday night at the movies there's a lot of people? Um, we were waiting, so I did see a little bit of the game. I was glad that the Celtics won, sir. So you know, I was happy for you. But that uh, that happiness, of course, turns to disgust pretty soon. Yes, sir. Well, let me just say that whenever you ha- you have a best of seven series and you obviously want to try to take one of two on the road, obviously, and the Celtics. Yeah, the Celtics weren't able to do that last week. Um, you know, they, their best shot was actually trying to steal game one from the Heat because the Heat really played a good game on game two. And then, you know, what you really hope for is that the team uh, that is down 0-2, my team, the Boston Celtics, would come back and win a dominating game three and hope to win a close game four because usually the home team would win game three if they're a good team. And Boston has been a good team for the last couple of years. So game four was a close game last night, folks. And, um, you know, Boston had an 11-point lead early on again, and then Miami came back. And then eventually by the third quarter, just like it was like one of those grinded-out games that you couldn't believe that, like nobody was scoring. 
Boston had a lot of turn, turnovers, and I think Miami made a couple. I know I know you're gonna laugh at this, but I think Miami made a couple lucky shots with LeBron James making some off balance shots, and then uh, Dwayne Wade hits a three pointer that is like so off balance is, is ridiculous. And despite all of that, and I think that the Celtics played a, a piss poor game defensively and offensively, especially offensively. Um, I just think the fact that um, they kept it close and the game was tied, and then Rondo was able to steal the ball, which we'll get to Rondo by himself later uh, in a little bit. But uh, Rondo was able to steal the ball, and the, the Celtics had basically 18 seconds to, you know, basically win the game before going to overtime. And um, unfortunately, I don't know if it was Doc Rivers, if it was just the players being lackadaisical, but they just did not run a good play at the end of the game, and it ended up being a off-balance fadeaway shot by Paul Pierce, which to me was just, like I said, if it was drawn up that way, that was I give an F to Doc Rivers. If it wasn't drawn up that way, it was the players that weren't setting the screens right for Paul Pierce, then I give an F to the players because I, I kind of knew right then and there, DG, that if they weren't going to win it in regular time, overtime was going to be a rough one. And, um, yeah, Heat pretty much dominated the overtime, the five-minute overtime, and were able to go up 3-1. And now the Boston Celtics season, this core of this team is on life support because, let's face it, this team is older. Um, you know, they're not going to break up the team because they are signed through next year. But, you know, you're going to talk about major pieces uh, leaving this team, like a Shaquille O'Neal. And, you know, um, Kevin Garnett might decide that, yeah, it's time to retire. And, you know, Ray Allen just signed a, a, four, a three-year extension, and Paul Pierce signed a four-year extension. So you got those two guys that are going to age even older next year, DG. Uh, next year, DG. And um, I think that, you know, it's going to be a, a tough tall order for the uh, for the Celtics to get back into the series. you got to take it one game at a time, as they say. But um, things are not looking good in Beantown. I agree with that, sir. Unfortunately for you, <clears throat> fortunately for us, because I could, of course, rip you a new one, um, the Celtics look like they're on life support, like you said. Let me ask you a question. I know we were talking about this earlier today, but let's get into this now for the Pure Gold listening audience. Do you think that the death now of the team, and it sounds kind of um, – it sounds kind of, you know, I guess stupid to say now, considering, you know, they made it this far, but do you really believe the Kendrick Perkins trade crippled them in terms of going all the way? Because I know you were picking them, I know you were hoping, but I think in your heart of hearts you knew that the Celtics weren't going to win it all this year. Um, did you think that trade really crippled their chances of winning it all, sir, and, uh, you know, repeating of going to the finals again, and of course winning like they did in 08? I mean, I feel like it crippled them actually more mentally than it did physically, because I think that this team was a, a tight-knit group. This is the the starting five, again, in 2008 that won a championship were Rondo Allen, Pierce Garnett, and Perkins. And that team was pretty much intact, except for 09, the following year. Kevin Garnett hurt his knee and wasn't in the playoffs at all. He got hurt in February of that year. And then the following year, which was last year, they were able to make it to the finals again. Nobody picked them to go to the finals. And um, Kevin uh, Kendrick Perkins. Oh, you did, right. Uh, Kendrick Perkins hurt his uh, knee in game six of the finals, which left a big hole for them defensively and grabbing rebounds in game seven. I feel like Perkins' injury game seven really cost the Celtics a championship last year uh, with him being out. And this year, the fact that they traded him, I think it hurt them more mentally because this team, if you read the articles, if you read the papers, listened to the news, you heard that this team was emotionally distraught. I mean, Doc Rivers crying that Kendrick Perkins was being traded. Uh, Paul Wait, Pierce upset. Kevin, yeah, they were crying. Kevin something? Garnett. I mean, did I miss yeah, something? They, they were, Is the guy dead? Yeah. Well, they were just they just thought that they they needed one more shot at running, you know, going for the title again. And um, you know what it came down to basically, DG, was that Perkins won a four-year deal for thirty-six million, and the Celtics didn't want to give him more than a two-year deal because they felt that he might be injury-prone, especially after what happened. Uh, last year with his knee, so they were, the Celtics were offering two years for uh, for about twenty million, and um, he wanted four years for thirty six. Oklahoma wanted it, so they made the trade, so they didn't lose anything at all. They got back in the dot Christage and Green. I forget the guy's first name, who have been decent. Al Green, you know, yeah, Al Green. They've been decent at at best, but you know, again, without Perkins and in, in to solidify the defense, I think that this team. You know, now is obviously in trouble. I mean, down three-one, who who wouldn't be in trouble? But I think if they have Perkins, they they actually might be in the same hole three-one, 
because offensively they just they just haven't clicked uh, at all this year. Last year, you know, I guess they they played much better. They were a year younger. I guess they had more legs under their feet. And you know, this team as as you get older, DG, and remember. Um, between games three, uh, between games two and three, there was about four or five day rest before they played game three. Now there was only uh, like a one day rest, and they played again last night. And the Celtics, you know, they they kind of look tired, they kind of look lazy, they kind of look lethargic. So they're down three one. And I, you know, as a Celtic fan, all I can say is that it's a win now team. And if they don't win this year, which it doesn't look which good. They won't. Yep, it doesn't look good. I mean, what's going to happen next year is that they're going to have to rebuild, and, you know, they're not winning a championship next year. They're going to be another year older. Yeah. All I can say as a non-Celtics fan is that, you know what I think about the Celtics? They can go to one place there. Go to hell! That's what I think about them. And as a matter of fact, I also think that if I was the commissioner of the NBA, this is what I would tell them. Straight, if I was the commissioner, I'd be out there on Monday, he'd be out! Not only that, sir, but the truth of the matter is, after watching their performance in the last game, you and I can both agree that this is the only way that we can feel. You make us all sick! And of course, to top it off, the fact that I'm upset about the Celtics, or Celtics, as one of our loyal listeners, Whitney, might say, that what the Celtics did not do, sir, they did not show us any guts. That is what I think of the Boston Celtics, or Celtics, depending on how you pronounce it. So let me ask you a question. Why do you think it's pronounced Celtics and not Celtics? I mean, I know Irish people who call it Celtics, not the team, but the, you know, the Celtic cross, but yet we have the Boston Celtics. You think there's a conspiracy going on about that, sir? So the other, the other thing I want to mention about the Boston Celtics was that on Saturday night, <laughs> On Saturday night, Rajon Rondo and and Dwayne Wade got tied up. <laughs> sorry, sir. I don't I'm even know sorry. why you're even laughing just, about that. They're telling jokes in my ears, sir. I'm sorry. The producers. Okay. I'll continue, please. Yeah. Let's talk about Rajon Rondo. Yes. So Rajon Rondo and Dwayne Wade got tangled up, and um, when I first saw the replay, when Rajon Rondo was on the floor, I didn't know why he was in pain. I thought that actually him and Dwayne Wade were fighting. So it took like four or five replays, but when I saw what happened to his elbow. And the way it like twisted and it looked like it just snapped like a twig, I was just I was just in shock that he was like you know I thought that the season was over right there because I thought it was broken I thought he'd be out for basically um, you know the rest of the season and I thought the playoffs series was definitely over so what were you saying? No, I said the rest of the season. I mean, there's not much season left there. I mean, come on, let's be real no, here. But- I know, but they're making a run for the title. So I thought that, you know, without their their captain on the court, um, they're just, you know, not the same team. So when I saw him come I back agree. in the third quarter, it was just it was so incredible. And I think that, you know, a lot of people have respect for the guy. He played basically with one arm the rest of the game, and he was able to get, two, you know, he basically shot two shots, one being a dunk and one being a layup with one arm. And he played defense with one hand, basically. So with that, I just... I found newfound respect for Mr. Rajon Rondo, who could have easily sat the rest of the game, who could have easily sat the rest of the season with that dislocated mm-hmm. elbow. I agree with that, sir. I mean, I heard about it. But um, you know what? He's a trooper, sir. He's a Boston Celtic all the way. And he showed why he is the – I mean, really, let's, let's be real. The rest of the Celtics are aged. They're old. They're sloppy. They're washed up. Flushing down the toilet. They're done. But Rajon Rondo has a nice career ahead of him, sir. You know how old he is by any chance? Um, I'm going to guess he's about 23. Okay, so he's he's a very young player, and he's still got a long career ahead of him. So hopefully he'll be able to make the, the you know, Larry Bird proud and then continue in the, the Boston Celtics tradition. Let me ask you a question. Um, I know that, again, you're you're still – there's a little piece of your – you're still hoping that the Celtics can pull this out. I'm hoping they can pull it out because, you know – I. I can't stand the Miami Heat. I can't stand LeBron James. I can't stand anybody who likes LeBron James. They can all go one place, but I'm not going to say that because, you know, that would be inappropriate. Um, you think there's any chance they pull the series out there? I think, I mean, all I can say is that one game at a time. I, I mean, you would have to, it's not going to, it wouldn't be a miracle that they won tomorrow night, but it would take a, 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 
what you want to say, a Herculean effort for them to win tomorrow night, and then they, they a Thor-like effort. A Thor-like effort. That's a good reference. It would take a Thor-like reference, uh, a Thor-like effort <laughs> to win tomorrow night. And if they did, I think they could definitely win Game Six at home, and then it would be like, you know, almost like a fifty-fifty. I'd probably give a sixty-forty chance to Miami because they are the home team to win Game Seven. But it's all—it's all about winning tomorrow night, and you can't focus on Game Six or Seven because there is no Game Six or Seven if you don't win tomorrow night. Let me ask you a question: um, If the Celtics—I'm sorry—if the Heat win this series, which they probably will, and then you're going to cry like a little sissy girl, do you think? Unfortunately, please tell me the answer is no, because if it is, you know, we're, we're going to have to drop you from the show. Do you think the Heat are going to go all the way, sir? No, I don't. I mean, that's a good segue question, because um, the one series that is still is over already, because all the rest of the series are still going on, the one series that is still going, uh, that is over now, is the L.A. Lakers and Mavs series. And if you told me uh, a week and a half ago that the series between those two teams would be over, I would think that the Lakers would have won in four or five but, you know, almost shockingly to almost all fans, NBA fans, the L.A. Lakers were actually swept by the Mavericks and were done uh, in four games so easily, and it made it seem like they weren't even the two-time defending champions. How sweet it was to see them being swept out. Phil Jackson now is retired. DG, I know you want to go off on this one because, I mean, the Fakers are gone. It's so nice to see Kobe Bryant out of the playoffs. It's so nice to see Phil Jackson retire this way. It's so sweet being a Celtic fan. I agree with you, sir. And you know what? The truth of the matter is that the Lakers are scum. Let's be honest here. They're the scum of the earth. They're an army of Satan's horde himself. Because let, let's talk about this little dirty play. Bynum elbowing the player from the Mavericks right in the chest, right under his armpit. I mean, he may as well just clothesline the guy or just punch him straight in the face. Because that's basically what he did. That's one of the dirtiest plays I have ever seen in the history of my life. And you're talking almost 30 years, sir. That was a disgrace, an absolute disgrace. He got ejected immediately, which is what he deserved. They should have kicked him out of basketball permanently. They should have taken away his, his uh, you know, paycheck. They should have fined him. They should have thrown him in jail because he is a criminal, sir. And the Lakers got exactly what they deserved. Kobe Bryant, that horrible human being that he is, is no longer in the playoffs. That is great news. The Lakers don't belong. They're a joke. They're a sham. They truly do make us all sick, sir. There's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. And you know what? Like I said, I'm glad that they're gone. Uh, unfortunately for you, the Celtics are about to be eliminated. But I'm hoping that the other scum, the Heat, will be eliminated soon. And I know that my nephew's a huge Miami Heat fan because one of my 50 brother-in-laws lives in uh, in Miami. But the truth of the matter is that they don't deserve it. They don't deserve anything. They don't deserve to win. The way that... Your boy, LeBron, handled his entire signing was a joke. And, you know, I was just hoping the Celtics could take him downtown to Chinatown, and they can't. But you know what, sir? There is still hope. There is still hope that they will be defeated. I mean, they're probably going to be playing the Chicago Bulls in the next round. You think the Bulls have any shot at beating the uh, the, the new, the new uh, Fakers, which would be the Heat? Yeah, I, I don't give the Chicago Bulls, unfortunately, a big shot on beating the Heat because – the Heat have uh, a lot of people that they could go to score uh, if they need a basket. Um, unfortunately, the, the the Bulls only have Derrick Rose. I mean, the guy's been carrying the team for the whole season. He carried them to the first round of the playoffs, and <laughs> so now he's carrying them uh, against the Hawks. And this this series against the Hawks is still not over yet. I can't tell you that the, the Chicago Bulls are not going to win it in, in six. I think it's going to go seven. I think Derrick Rose is going to be really tired by the time they play the Heat. So, um, our only hope is that the Mavericks get to the – I think the Mavericks, the way they handled the, the, the Lakers and now have a, a, a long time to rest between series, I think the Mavericks are going to get to the finals. And hopefully for us, they take it all because the way they dis- dismantled the Lakers was a thing of beauty. The only thing that upsets me, DG, now that the, the this Lakers little dynasty is over is that there are two-time defending ch- – I think they're the two-time defending chumps, especially the way that they went out. I mean – you can't go out like that if you're the two-time defending champs. Go out with that kind of like uh, display and like unsportsmanlike between Bynum and Odom. I just think it was so unprofessional, and it it just brings back nightmares. Still, I still haven't gotten over the fact that the Celt- this Celtic team wasn't able to beat the Lakers last year in Game Seven. I really wanted to beat them head to head two years in a row. Well, not two years in a row, but in 2008 and 2010, it would yeah. be sweet 
to have two titles versus the Lakers getting two titles the past oh, three right. years. And it just annoys me to no end. But, you know, another thing that I love is that now Phil Jackson and Kobe Bryant are done. Phil Jackson got swept out of the playoffs. He got his career's wait. over. Wait a second. Did you wait a second? You really think that Phil Jackson's going to retire? I mean, that's what he said. Yeah, but what, what, the hell, what does that mean? Phil Jackson, you know, he could be the next uh, Bill Parcells and say he's going to retire every couple of years. I mean, he's won, you know, 11 championships there. I mean, that's just an amazing feat. Where does this Lakers team stack up against the uh, – where, where does Phil Jackson's run with the Lakers stack up against his run with the Bulls? Let me ask you that, sir. I think that Phil Jackson is a front runner. I mean, just look at the two people that he associated his career with. He associated himself with Michael Jordan, who had Scottie Pippen, and then, again, when he, you know, he saw an up-and-coming Kobe Bryant, and when he had Shaq, they were able to win some titles, you know, three-peats. Um, so he, he knows he's a smart man. I mean, everyone thinks he's a great coach. I think that he's more of a front-runner, like I just said, um, that, you know, knows. So you don't think he's a great uh, coach? I don't think he's a great coach at all, to be honest with you. I think he's one of the worst coaches. No, I just think that. Oh, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. He's won 11 titles, and Joe B., Mr. Celtic himself, Mr. Boston, Boston Celtic, you don't think he's a great coach? You think he's one of the worst coaches ever? Are you kidding me? He actually has the most NBA titles out of all coaches in NBA history, and I still think he's one of the worst coaches. Yes, I do. How? You need to go. We need to talk about this for the next 35 minutes. We need to skip Todd's take. We need to talk about this and nothing else, sir. And of course, I'm being facetious, but explain to me how, in the blue hell, you think he is scum. So are you telling me that with without Michael Jordan and without Kobe Bryant by uh, on his teams, you don't you think he still wins 11 championships? Is that what you're saying? I'm not saying I think he wins 11 championships. So you're basically saying that he's the Joe Torre of the NBA? Oh, he's beyond Joe Torre. He's like, yeah, I guess if you want to compare him to Joe Torre being the NBA, he's he's Joe Torre. Okay. Do you think that you think he knows why the the, the Celtics or the Celtics are, are mispronounced? Do you have any you, you have any opinion on that, sir? I think it's ten twenty seven. It might be time for our sports update with Todd. What do you think, sir? Actually, uh, we, well, Todd, unfortunately, is not is not with us at the moment. I think he's still dwelling on this whole Celtic Celtic conspiracy, oh, as Whitney <laughs> so graciously pointed out to us. But I don't know, Joe. I think that you're full of crap, as usual, and I think that you make me sick. I don't understand how you could say this guy's one of the worst coaches ever. You're telling me he's the worst coach than Byron Scott? You're telling me he's the worst coach than Lawrence Frank? You're telling me that he's the worst coach than you? If I put your sorry beep on the basketball court, you know, you'd be running football plays. You, you, you'd be throwing the quarterback in there instead of the, uh, you know, the point guard, and you'd be telling the guy to go out to left field. Come on, Joe. This guy has won 11 titles. There is no ifs, ands, or buts about it. He is one of the greatest, if not the greatest coaches in the history of the NBA. You're telling me that if somebody else – you're telling me that if he had, if if you take any great player away from any great di- uh, dynastic team in, in basketball, you're telling me that they're going to win? Come on, sir. Come on. Name one team, name one coach who would have won multiple titles if he didn't have a great coach, sir. Did Todd call on yet? Listen, you need to answer my question, all right? All right, like, you're not getting away with this. Todd can wait. Todd's take can wait. I need to know if you took if you took any great basketball player away from any dynasty, do you think that that coach would still have multiple titles, sir? Answer the question. No. Do you think they're going to trade Jose Reyes before the trade deadline? Oh, uh, is that all? Is that all? Folks, joining us for this evening, the one and only Todd Joe, who is our sponsor for Todd's Take? Can you please tell us, sure. sir? Sure. It's Pompton Dental Arts. Are you looking for an honest, gentle dentist? Then contact Pompton Dental Arts, located at 435 Ringwood Avenue in Pompton Lakes. You can expect a warm, caring family atmosphere where Drs. Ryan Zakowski and Lauren Souch will take care of your family or well, your entire family's dental health. Call us at 973 <laughs> Right. Can you give us a number? Please. I can't read my own handwriting. <laughs> All right, Todd. Can you get? Can you give us a number, please? Call us at nine seven three eight three five zero seven zero two for an appointment today, or visit our website, which I didn't know dentists have websites, but it's PomptonDentalArts.com. Again, that is PomptonDentalArts.com. 
When you call, please mention Pure Gold. I don't know why you have to mention Pure Gold if you need a root canal, unless you're going for a gold <laughs> filling. Todd, sports update. Take it away. Into typing my tape now so that I can actually read it. Oh, nice. Please All right, do. so to put, a, to put a cap on this NBA conversation, the Eastern Conference semis, Game 5 tonight, series tied 2-all between the Hawks and the Bulls. The Bulls lead the Hawks 80-73 to with about seven minutes to play. In the NHL, the Western Conference semis, Game 6, the Sharks lead the series 3-2, to and the Red Wings have scored two goals in the third period to take the lead with about six minutes to play. In Major League Baseball, the Mariners and the Orioles, they are tied 5-5, bottom of the 11th. Marlins top the Phils 2-1. to one. Yanks beat the Royals 3-1. to one. Dodgers over the par- Pirates 10-3. to three. The Sox and the Jays. Jays lead the Sox 6-5 to five in the ninth. The Nats beat the Braves 7-6. to six. A's and the Rangers. Rangers lead 1-5, to five, but they are in rain delay. Cards and the Cubs. The Cards lead the Cubs 6-4 to four in the eighth inning. Tigers and the Twins. Tigers lead 5-0. They are also in rain delay. Reds and Strohs, 7-0 Reds in the eighth inning. Whites and, White Sox and the Angels. White Sox are losing to the Angels, 1-3 in the second. Padres are losing to the Brewers, 5-8 in the eighth inning. Rays and the Indians are tied two apiece in the sixth. The Mets are leading the Rockies in the seventh, despite Ike Davis and his crashing into David Wright <laughs> on a pop fly in the inning. Uh, they are leading the Rockies 4-3. to three. Diamondbacks and the Giants, 0-0 through 1. JB? Thank you, sir. It is now time for your take. So, TJ, sir, take it away. Nine-time Pro Bowler guard and former New York Jet Alan Fanica announced his retirement today after 13 years in professional football. And no real <laughs> surprise that he made no secret in 2010 this would most likely be his last season. So, from the dog days of training camp to winning a Super Bowl, all the memories are endless, Fanica said in a statement raised, uh, released through his agent. Uh, he also went on to say, the greatest memory that I will leave the game with is all of the lifelong friendships I've made. Despite his time with the Jets and the Cardinals, Alan Fanica will always be remembered as a Steeler, and rightfully so, having done the bulk of the heavy lifting with them and winning a Super Bowl with the storied franchise. Fanica started every game for his last nine seasons and finished with a streak of 144 consecutive games played. That's not bad in any era by my estimation. Uh, Fanica was named All-Pro for seven straight seasons, and he was a Pro Bowl starter for, yeah, really, for eight years. I mean, I think it's a no-brainer that Fanica will be in the in the Hall of Fame. I mean, considering he Pro Bowled twice as many years as the average NFL career lasts. I mean, that's, that's something. In his statement, Fanica thanked everyone, coaches, front office personnel, beat writers, and most importantly, fans. Um, he, quote, he was quoted as saying, these guys work hard and always treated me with, re- with respect. I wanted to also thank the fans. The roar of the crowd kept me going for more than, more than the fans will ever know. And, and that's the kind of thing I really feel good about coming from an NFL player. Um, it makes me feel really appreciated and thankful that the guy was part of my organization, even if it was only for a couple of seasons. And, you know, I'm pretty sure that the 34-year-old Steeler, who was a first-round draft pick and signed a $40 million contract with the New York Jets in 2008, which consequently would have made him the, uh, the highest-paid offensive lineman in NFL history had he played his entire uh, his contract out. I mean, he certainly made enough dough and he, and he could retire at his convenience. Even though the New York Jets did release him in a salary dump uh, following the 2009 season, Fanica signed a one-year $2.5 million deal with the Cardinals, reuniting him with his former Pittsburgh line coach, Hall of Famer Russ Grimm. Uh, I really made my mind up about a month ago and was just keeping my mouth shut, Fanica said. He went on to say that it's time to move on to the next chapter of my life. I can't wait to spend more time with my family. Playing in this league for as long as I did takes sacrifice not only by me, but each one of them. So it's nice to see that this guy wants to be with his family. We'll see how long that lasts. I personally would like to thank you for your service to my beloved New York Jets, Alan Fanica. 
even though you'll always be thought of as, as an ironhead, it's okay. I forgive you. And also for helping mentor one number 60 to Brickishaw Ferguson, who in this man's opinion was on his way to becoming an absolute, well, let's not say boss, but how about disappointment? Your leadership and immense, had immensely helped this team to become who they are today. Even if your pass blocking against the bull rush, bull rush was pretty much done, but I digress. A tip of the cap, a chuck on the shoulder, and one less smack on the ass, as long as you don't think that your dignity will be taken. Oh, and P.S., I'll still follow you on Twitter. I'm Todd Johnston. <laughs> J.B.? Yeah, smack on the ass. <laughs> That's, Wait, um... if I was the commissioner, I'd be out there on Monday, he'd be out, gone, finito! <laughs> that was an honor of Alan Fanica. And, Todd, let me thank you for always bringing a take that has absolutely nothing to do with the topic at hand and coming out of left field. Joe and I are talking as you're doing the take, and I'm like, man, this perfectly does not tie in to everything that we've been talking about. <laughs> Todd is coming out of left field, or should I say the end zone, or possibly the dugout with Alan Fanica and the Jets while we're talking the Celtics and the Celtics and the Irish and the rest of the people out there in, you know, Ireland, sir. Yeah, I think he hung up. <laughs> no, I'll kill you. I think, I think this is what Todd thinks of us. That's what I think is on Todd's mind. But Todd, as always, we thank you for your classic take that will go in the annals. This reminds me of uh, of what they do in the morning show, what they used to do in the morning show, of the uh, the podcast that Al Hughes used to do. Because Todd is like our, our third wheel on, on, the, on this bicycle, on this old jalopy. Todd is the third wheel. But, Todd, let me ask you a question. Did you by chance sure. happen to catch Mike Frances' show yesterday around 3 p.m.? Uh, I was instructed to uh, to be monitoring the program. Oh, well, <laughs> that didn't really answer my question. Did you actually follow your instructions, sir? Well, I did I, I did hear the segment after the fact. I did not okay, hear it that's live. good. Uh, well, you know, at least you're being honest. That, that's a... That's a refreshing change of pace from, you know, what you normally bring, which is usually just lies. But, Todd, we appreciate you, as always, coming on the show. <laughs> if I had an applause oh, like, guys. <laughs> if I had an applause button, I would play it every time that Todd came on the air because Todd is a true <laughs> trooper, and he's taken. Good night, sir. Good night. I think Todd pretty much hates me at this point, Joe. What do you think about that? Todd is definitely the third member of this family. <laughs> This dysfunctional family that can't procreate, that would be us. But, JB, um, before we get into some Mets talk, let's talk about Mike up, Mike up. <laughs> Folks, for those of you out there who listen to WFN, to Mike Francis, and unfortunately we don't have the audio because WFN pulled it from us. We cannot use play the audio. One of the, one of the members of this team was on... The Mike Francesa Show, Miked Up, which is a great theme song, by the way. In case you don't know, that member of the team was not me. It wasn't Todd. It wasn't Hans. It wasn't Kelly Abordop. It was not Fitz, our producer. It was not Jose Media Director. It was the one and only Joe Beningo. I mean, Joe Buccino. Joe, talk to us about the experience. Tell us about it. Let's talk about this, sir. Let's talk about it. I mean, yesterday Mike Francesa was talking about some NBA stuff around the 3 o'clock hour, and I just wanted to actually ask him some Boston Celtics question. So when I, when I got through, about like I hit the redial button about seven, eight times, and about the eighth time it actually rang, I was like, oh, wow, they're finally going to answer the phone. And it took about like ten rings, and eventually somebody did answer the phone. I forget who actually answers the phone for Mike Dupp. Uh, asked me what I want to talk about. He said, sure, no problem, hang on. And I was put on hold, and then 3 o'clock came, and Francesca had an uh, interview, the coach of the Dallas Mavericks, which was Rick Carlisle. So that took about a good segment from 3 to 3.20. Mike did the flash, and then came back around 3.30. And then I was actually the first caller out of the break, which was pretty cool. And, um, you know, I had told DG, I had told my dad, I even told TJ to actually listen because I was going to attempt to – you know, not 
knowingly, you know, yes and no. I, I want to actually plug our show, Pure Gold, and I start off by thanking Mike and Chris for Mike and the Mad Dog because they are the true inspiration for our show, Pure Gold. And from there, DG, he went on and actually started asking me questions after I mentioned that, you know, I have an Internet show known as, you know, and I told him what it's about and, and how it works. And I actually do have the audio if you want to try to listen to it on the air. Oh, let's do that. Hopefully we don't get sued by WFN and get shut down and get closed down. But, sir, and, folks, we apologize if the quality is not going to be the best because, unfortunately, we couldn't plug it into our switchboard. Uh, let it rip, sir. All right, here we go. You can, you can cut that off, sir. We, we're, enough, enough. When you well, there you go, DG. I mean, that was my uh, three and a half minutes with Mike Up, the probably the most highly rated sports talk radio show in the world, and I was able to plug probably? our show. <laughs> it probably was. I definitely... It's definitely the most highly rated in this area, um, yeah. in the New York area. And Mike is, whether you love him or you hate him, and I personally, I'm a big fan of Mike's. You know, I like, uh, I like his take. And I, I, you know, I joke about this with you how Mike repeats himself a lot about certain things, but you know, it's just kind of funny. I do miss him and Dog together. I definitely think that together they work better than separate. I always felt that way, even listening to them back in the day. But the fact that you got on Mike's show and you were able to. Promoter, and I remember you even telling me you didn't want to mention the show because, or get into it because you didn't want Mike to think you were promoting it. But the fact that Mike asked you questions about it, the fact that Mike asked you what it was called and what it's about and how it airs and everything, that was great. Mike was Mike seemed to be quite interested in it, which made me happy because, like I said, this is this is the king of uh, sports talk. Let, let's be real. And the fact of the matter is that, regardless of if you like him or hate him, if you're in this business, you aspire to have half of the success that Mike has had over his career. And if you don't, you're either a loser or you're a liar because that man is a success. When it comes to sports talk, there's nobody more well-known than Mike Francesa. And, you know, my hat's off to you, sir, for getting on. But, you know, I'm also thankful to Mike because, you know, he could he didn't have to do what he did, but he really did seem genuinely interested. I think my favorite part about that whole part where he goes, in your homes, you know, he was just so fascinated by the fact that, and his, you know, his pitch changed and everything, by the fact that we do this in our homes, which, of course, is uh, is true. We talk about the studio. We joke about the studio. But this is BTR, baby, blog, talk, radio, where you can scum it up as much as you want. But, of course, on this show, we just tell like it is. The show about sports life and everything in between, pure gold. A couple of people actually reached out to us uh one of our fellow hosts on Blog Talk Radio reached out to us and, you know, said it was nice to hear Mike uh, acknowledge Blog Talk or at least, you know, Internet Radio. Um, and somebody else who, who reached out to us to ask, you know, who are the pure gold guys. So, you know, we were able to, to get that out there, and Mike, again, brought it like he always does. So, overall, sir, what would you say your experience was with uh, with getting that? I mean, were you surprised that Mike got into it with you? I, I definitely was. Because usually, you know, if he's having, I guess, a not good day, he'll just want you to get to the point because usually the producer will tell you, or whoever answers the phone will tell you that, 
make sure you know you greet Mike and you make sure you answer your, uh, you ask your question. And then like you know sometimes you know you might get lucky and Mike might you know be able to talk to you a little bit longer than you thought. But for him to actually get back into and just mention like he you know I first complimented him maybe he thought that was maybe that set the table up for the next you know bit of the conversation when I started mentioning the our show Pure Gold on the internet. But you're right. When he said, over, you know, in your homes, I almost thought that he must have been thinking, man, I, what do I need to do to get this out of my home so that I, could, I don't have to come to the studio every day? I'd be saving so much money on gas. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I, uh, that, I, I don't think that's what he was thinking, sir. <laughs> I'm pretty sure Mike I, was not thinking that. Yeah, but, again, I want to thank Mike and Mike Up for uh, allowing us to plug the show somewhat and hopefully, you know, I'm gonna. I told DG this uh, off the air. I told him that I'd call in once in a while, and uh, I think that Mike, you know, he might seem like he gets a lot of calls, but if, if you know, if I mention again Joe from Wallington, I'll mention Pure Gold. I think that he'll kind of remember us, and maybe I could just you know talk to show a little bit more, you know, get his take on some stuff, and you know, go from there, and you know, maybe I could become one of those regular callers like, you know, Brucey from Bayside is. Well, either that or he'll hang up on you. <laughs> you know, right. and he'll be he'll be sick of you. And of course, he could always. Go to hell! <laughs> no, right. I mean, depending on who's his guest host that day. But uh, again, it was a great spot. You know, we're we're excited to to have that mention. My cousin emailed me, and actually, Doug Mortman, who's going to be joining us, we're hoping next Tuesday, to talk about the uh, Christian situation that we spoke about in depth uh, on our last show. Um, Doug was very excited about it. He told me, you know, it was a great plug for the show and. He wanted to hear the audio, and you know Doug is a good, it's a big time friend of the show. So we were happy to, you know, I was happy to talk to him, as I usually do, check up with him, see how he's doing, and see how the show is. But of course, sir, after this, Mike Francis talk, we need to move on to the New York Metropolitans as we're, you know, heading towards the close of the show. JB, what in the world is wrong with this team? It always seems like something goes wrong. It seems like the Mets just can't get out of their own way. Ike Davis is out, probably out for the year now after this collision with David Wright that Todd talked to us about. And speaking of Todd, I wish he was still on the air because I was going to tell him that his favorite sports personality may possibly come on this show. We reached out to the representatives of one special personality that Todd is extremely fond of that he ranted on in his take. Joe, do you have any idea who I am talking about? Um, Al Hughes? No, sir, not Al Hughes. This is somebody who he actually ranted and raved about. I mean, come on, sir. There's, 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 this is pretty simple. Who is his favorite personality in the world? Uh, Brett Favre. Close. Who is closely associated with Brett Favre, sir? <laughs> I know my my director's uh, screaming in my ear. Uh, I obviously know the name. I was just playing dumb. I'm, I'm guessing you're talking about a one Jen Sturger. Yes, sir. I thought it was Sturgis, but, uh, you know, I could be wrong. Yes, we actually reached out to her, and her representatives got back to us saying that uh, they would take it into consideration. And, of course, we appreciate any consideration they may give us. But I know how fond Todd is, so, you know, I have to throw that out there. But let's talk about the New York Metropolitan, sir. What is wrong with this team? What is wrong with this organization? Chris Young, who the Mets, of course, you know, got off the garbage heap and, uh, you know, has been injured his entire career, just retore. I think the labrum in his right shoulder, the same shoulder that he had operated on. So he is likely done for the year. Henry Mejia, their top pitching prospect, is also done for the year. He's going to undergo Tommy John surgery. Probably won't be back until 2013. Um, Bobby Parnell is still injured on the DL. Angel Pagan is coming back indefinitely. Nobody knows when he's, when he's going to return. Sir, this season is already a lost cause. They're 15-20 and 20 as we speak. Um, you know, let's get an update and see if the game is over. But the fact is that the Mets are 15-20. and 20. They're five games under 500. This has not been a good year. Everybody's injured. All their best players are pretty much out. Uh, there's a rain delay in the seventh inning now. The Mets are up 4-3. to three. But, sir, are the Mets going to – is this just going to be a long slop fest of a year, or are the Mets going to do anything? Because, honestly, I just don't see this being an interesting year. And I think if you're a Mets fan, all you can do is hope and pray that football starts – they get the lockout result, and they start, like, in the middle of June because we are in the first week of May, second week of May, technically. The Mets are five games under 500, which is my prediction for where they will end up at best this year, and they're eight and a half games out of first place. The Mets have no shot of getting back into this. The other teams in the division are just too good. Sir, what do we have to look forward to for the New York Mets? 
Uh, it's all doom and gloom, and I don't want to sound like another negative Nelly about this, but, um, you know, DG hit on all the good points. This team is already eight and a half games out there in dead last place. The funny thing is, uh, I mean, I don't know if it's funny or not, but I think it's quite humorous is that the Mets have 15 wins. The Yankees, I guess, won tonight. They have 20 wins. They only have about five wins separating the two in in terms of wins, yet the Yankees are in first place, either tied for first place or in first place by themselves after tonight, and the Mets are in dead last, eight and a half games out. Is it too much to ask for the Mets to just get to 500 and then hope for a wild card? Uh, I don't think so, but uh, this team just continues to disappoint, and the injury bug is just ridiculous this year. I thought the injury bug last year was pretty ridiculous, but this year it's like beyond that, and the only thing, DG, unfortunately, that we have to look start looking forward to now as the season progresses is that if Jose Reyes is going to have a good year like he's uh, having already, I mean, I don't even know if the Mets could afford to re-sign him. So I think you're looking at the guy being dealt or just not signing with the team at the end of the year. Either way, it's bad news because Jose Reyes is probably the best player on this team, and you know it'd be great to build around this guy, but, you know, typical Mets can't afford him, don't want to re-sign him, don't want to sign him to a $100 million contract that he probably is going to want on the free agent market. So, you know, in terms of what we have looked forward to, the only thing I sadly have to say is that we have to look forward to is when will Jose Reyes be traded or will he be traded, but I, I really think he's going to be traded before the trading deadline. I don't understand how you could even say that that's something to look forward to or even to think about. Because that is the worst thing that could happen to the Mets, and we're hoping that the Mets were able to keep Reyes. But where is the money going to come from? We don't know. It just seems like this team is a lost cause, and I don't. This is nothing. So this is the second week in May, May 10th, and I'm already talking about the Mets season being over. I mean, may, will I go to a game? Possibly. My dad doesn't want to go. I think he'll be too upset to, to even go check out a game. It was his birthday last week, as we talked about. But the truth of the matter is that. You know, they have the Mets have their pitching was thin as it was and now all their top guys are injured. So I don't even see how the Mets have no hope that they're gonna get any help from any way, you know, any any place, whether it's triple A or not. The Mets are just not gonna get the job done and it's unfortunate because they do have some talent on this team. But you know what, sir? There's just there's just no way. The Mets have shown that they don't have what it takes to get it done. Their ownership is in financial ruin, as it seems, and I honestly don't see this turning around at all unless the Mets get a minority owner or a majority owner. The Wilpons sell. The Wilpons get out. There's just no way. And the truth of the matter is that the Mets, I mean, if there's any way, if there's any other way to put it, I mean, I don't know a better way, sir. That is how we, as Mets fans, feel about this organization. And we've had Evan on our show multiple times. We had Laura Rubinson on our show last week. And the Mets just find ways to lose, and it's unfortunate. But this team is going in the toilet. Let's flush it down like you normally do with turds because there's just no ifs, ands, or buts, sir. The Mets season is going to be a very long one. And th- there's just no hope for them to get any better, like I said, because they don't have money. If they had money, okay, they can make a trade to Dylan. They can show improvement. They can get uh, improved players. But their farm system is, is, is shot. And they've got no money to get players, so this is it. You're pretty much looking at the team that they're going to stick with for the rest of the year unless other people get hurt and they have to bring up double-A or single-A guys. Or maybe Terry Collins is going to have to man uh, second base because there's just nothing there. It's not like the Mets or the Yankees and they have some decent talent waiting in the wings or they're, you know, any any other team that is waiting in the wings or, that, you know, with their, with their minor league talent. The Mets don't have that. And it's unfortunate because you have pan- fans who paid their hard-earned money you know, sweating, laboring, and you know what? They they don't have anything to look forward to. We're not talking about how the Mets are going to, you know, turn around and the Mets are going to do it again this year and this time with no fear. The Mets just don't have what it takes, and I hate to say it because, you know, you can't give up on them, but let's be realistic here. I mean, enough's enough. Let, let, let's be honest. There's no, there, there's no uh, silver lining to this dark cloud that the Mets have. Unless they sell majority ownership and gets him an influx of cash immediately, nothing's going to change. If Jose Reyes is gone from this team, that'll be an absolute shame. It'll be a disgrace. I love Jose Reyes. He's one of my favorite Mets. He's definitely the best player on the team. He's the most exciting player on the team, and he is perfectly built 
for this ball club when he is healthy. I mean, David Wright gets power sucked out of him like a sieve, you know, with his stadium. But Reyes is a triples machine, and he's shown it so many times. And I hate to, I'd hate to see him don any other uniform that's not a Met uniform. He needs to stay in that uniform for the rest of his career. And unfortunately, he's probably going to end up across town, you know, taking over shortstop for the New York Yankees or, you know, ending up with the Phillies and taking over for Jimmy Rollins. And that, sir, will truly make me sick. Let me just tell you that much. <laughs> You're right about that. I mean, God forbid if he ever shows up, you know, or gets signed by the Yankees as the future shortstop because Derek Jeter is on the decline or shows up on the Philadelphia Phillies because Jimmy Rollins is on his decline. Uh, um, I mean, <laughs> Jose Reyes on any other team would just, you're right, make us sick. Uh, but um, the the Mets, I mean, it, we're talking about this year being over, and that's uh, I can actually live with that, DG, because all these injuries. But then when you start thinking next year and the following year, there's just no, there's no light at the end of the tunnel with this team. I mean, this team is just... From top to bottom, from the the team on the field for, to the team, like the ownership team, I mean, yeah, they hired a new general manager, a new manager, and I don't know how much those two people can actually turn around organization. And, you know, they have so much on their plate. I don't – with them being strapped for cash in terms of ownership, I don't, I don't think the general manager can make as many moves as he'd like to if he was a general manager of another team. So, D.G., I don't know how anybody could be optimistic about this team for the next, I don't know, three, four, even five years at this point. And, you know, if I don't think anybody on this team right now is keep, like they're not somebody that you know that, that is going to be on the team for the next couple of years. I think that if the Mets find a package for David Wright, I think he's gone. I think if they find a package for Jose Reyes, he's gone. And what does that leave being a Mets fan? It, it leaves nothing. And, uh, I don't see a short-term fix. I don't see a long-term fix. And that's scary being a Mets fan. I agree. And how sad is it that, it's again, it's the second week in May. We're already talking about the Mets season being over. And there's no light at the end of the tunnel. Because, I mean, this is this is going to be a long season. So I don't know what we're going to do in the summer. I mean, we may have to go on hiatus. Because I can't sit here and rip the Mets for an hour, you know, twice a week for, for months on end. You know, because there's no football, there's no basketball, there's nothing to talk about. You know, we may be forced to go back to, you know, what we didn't want to talk about anymore and what we barely wanted to discuss because, I mean, that, that may leave us with no other choice there. And that, of course, would not be a happy day in here in pure gold land. You're right. I mean, we can actually take vacations like they do in the real sports talk shows. And uh, we have, like, you know, like I was thinking about having, like, Lori and Evan fill in for me and you one night or a couple nights. <laughs> well, after you after you drop their names on Mike's show... And he asked which host had been on the show. They'll probably be looking for work because like, it's going to be like, what are you doing appearing on internet radio? You're out of here. Benito, see ya. <laughs> sir. All right, sir. We've we've uh, beaten this horse to uh, a pulp. <laughs> All I can say is that tomorrow, uh, Thursday's show, we will definitely have some other topics. I know that, you know, we hope. The, you know the bittersweet <laughs> end of Smallville is coming up, and we'll definitely get into that. You went to go see a movie over the weekend, so we could definitely get into that. So is there anything you want to just, uh, before we do our sponsors, uh, before we tie this one up? No, sir. I think we can tie it up, uh, put a nice little little bow on it as my cat attacks me uh, under my feet. I think he's mad about the match, too. But as we close on the show, sir, who was our sponsor for the evening? And please, whatever you do, get the number right, sir. I will try, sir. Tonight's sponsor was... Pompton Dental Arts. Are you looking for an honest, gentle dentist? Then contact Pompton Dental Arts, located at 435 Ringwood Avenue in Pompton Lakes. You can expect a warm, caring, family atmosphere where Drs. Ryan Zakowski and Dr. Lauren Souch will take care of all your entire family dental health. Call 973-835-0702 for an appointment today or visit their website at PomptonDentalArts.com. Once again, that's Pompton dentalarts.com when you call please mention pure gold dg as always i will catch you on thursday yes sir well of course we'll talk before then but of course as we close out folks we'd like to thank all the people who make this show possible you are loyal listeners and our loyal you know fans who send us emails hit us up on twitter hit us up on facebook hit us up you know on uh through email through smoke signal through carrier pigeon through whatever way you possibly can we thank you. We'd like to thank Fitz, our producer, who, you know, unfortunately has not been doing a good job lately. 
Joe and I are thinking about firing him, but of course we'll we'll get into that at another point another time. Our wonderful media director Jose, our tremendous and I mean tremendous board op Kelly, and of course you, the listening audience, once again we thank you for JB. This is DG Apirgo. Oh, and of, of course I can't forget Mike Francesa of Mike Up for being a, a wonderful part of the show. Let us all just thank him because he is the man. After all, again, for JB, this is DG of Pure Gold reminding you to always keep it PG. And of course, good night, everyone. Straight, if I was the commissioner, I'd be out there on Monday, he'd be out, gone, finito! Good night, everyone.